Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. Not except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. It is so good to be back home. And by home, I mean this is Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe, and yes, this is not a drill. We are back on the air. And when I say we're back on the air, I mean the three of us are back together. (laughs) Nice. I can't tell you, the listening audience, how long I've looked forward to doing this again. I didn't think this was going to be possible. The resurrection. But lo and behold, here we are. The reincarnation. And, uh, Rod, you know I'm a... I'm a pro wrestling fan. I think there's a, a station on the other side of town that might look at this as a heel turn. Uh, no, NWO style. Yeah. NWO style takeover. And just like <laughs> Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash changed the wrestling world, I don't think the three of us are changing the podcast world, but it's good to be talking Longhorn football again and have it be relevant because it's the first game of the Tom Herman era, gentlemen. It's upon us. It's this weekend, Texas and Maryland, 11 a.m. at DKR. And it is so good to be back again with mm. you guys here on another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. That says I, it right there. I assumed we weren't going to do the show again, as I said, but we merely took a sabbatical. We took some time off, a little vacation. But, but we didn't know that. And that's the thing about Longhorn football. And this show kind of is kind of making me sentimental. Longhorn football is ultimately about family. When I get to hang out at tailgates with old old friends and good friends mm-hmm. and uh, Texas OU. Ultimately, it comes down, they feel like family reunions. You're hanging out. Even you, I'm sure, with your media partners. Yeah. So I was like, man, hey, I don't see you guys as much in the offseason. It's good to see you guys and hang out. Yeah. It's Football is one of those things, and this country could use it right now, and actually this community right now could use it, considering the recent events of, uh, of, of Hurricane Harvey and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it brings people together. It's one of those things. It's kind of a fellowship uh, entity. It brings people together and Longhorn Blitz, man, you guys are like family to me and now the family is back together. Didn't know it would happen, didn't expect it to happen, but it's a beautiful thing. Exactly that quick and the thing was you brought up the family or the idea of Longhorn football bringing people together and especially during this time like you were saying, still blows my mind that I remember going to the first podcast when we were presented by i think it was my chihuahua bite salsa that 2012 season i show up to do our first longhorn blitz little tailgate and i look up and i see one of your best friends was jack white and it was like just slowly like somehow you all end up aligning together the show and then it's all back together one more time it was like i didn't even know my good friends were hanging out at your good friends at tailgates and that sort of defines the tailgate atmosphere longhorn football is a family affair yes it is so i'm so rusty at this gentleman i've I've introduced myself twice in the first two minutes of the show let me bring in the rest of the team and then we'll talk some business and then we'll talk texas maryland so let me bring in first the best producer in the podcast game he's not the man behind the glass because in the new studio in our new digs Mm. he's right next to me nonetheless he is the master of the soundboard the drop machine extraordinaire matt butler matt Good to be back, man. Yeah, it is, and it's odd to talk about full circle, my friend, because remember when we started this podcast, we were in the same room. We were off in a little side room, and we were sitting in this same sort of a setup just looking across from each other. So, yeah, no, I totally couldn't agree anymore, man. It's good to be back. It'll be fun. I believe Bobby Bones and Andy Roddick had us kicked out of that studio, but that's (laughs) a story for another day. That's a good point. I think that's true. Yeah, But that's drama for another day. 
Hey, real quick before we get into talking about Maryland, Rod, check out these game notes, man. John Bianco and those guys are on point with these game notes. <laughs> God, detail these things are. You remember? Are they really like, more detailed it, than you normal? Remember, you remember, like it just used to be like really long, like yeah, yeah. diatribes yeah. and random, no, like, random historical these, things. Things are like bolded and they're like sectioned off, and there's charts. New and look, graphs yeah, the and new stuff. website. Looking at TexasSports.com. Yeah, it's all different. So Everything's I different. like. I enjoy. I enjoy. It's how you know it's football season when you go in Monday and they hand you your game notes. Yeah. Which, by the way. Have a depth chart in them. Yeah, I saw and, that. Uh, we'll get to that depth chart in a minute. But, Rod, you talk about Tom Herman being a coach that pays attention to detail, and with the opener coming up against Maryland on Saturday, and we talk about South Florida's opener, that reminded me uh, of one game that you actually played in that I think goes a long way towards why Tom Herman pays close attention to detail. 1999 season opener against NC State. Yeah. And, and, and hmm. two things that I've noticed about Tom Herman. One, this guy does not mess around when it comes to making sure he's got sound special teams. And – we got to go to portions of a three or four, I don't remember how many it was, practices that we got this fall. But in three of the four, because one was a later start, so we didn't see it early. In three of the four that we were there for the start of practice, they did 35, 40 minutes of nothing but special teams before the actual first practice period started. Yeah. So you go from stretch to special teams, as Tom Herman calls them, special forces. Mm-hmm. You did that for 35. Gained or lost on special teams. So there's that. There's the NC State game that te- that taught Tom Herman the value of special teams, and I think that goes a long way to why he takes it so seriously. The story he told during the press conference on Monday I thought was fascinating. So I found the Texas-NC State box score, mm-hmm. the detailed box score from that game, and I found the exact point he's talking about. Texas has a drive. This is in the second quarter. Yes, yeah, second quarter. Mm-hmm. And Tom Herman as a GA is in charge of coming up with the math and deciding is this a one point drive or a two point drive. Okay. So okay. before the drive starts, you have to decide how right. the number ready. Well, at this point, because there was a safety, Texas is up. Uh, the score at this point, it's Texas is up ten to nine. It so basically is it a one point or a two point. Well, this ends up yes. being a one play drive because the one play on the drive is an eighty yard touchdown pass from Major Applewhite to Victor Ike, who Bowie football did. has no history. He was the only history until Michael Griffin. Yeah, I believe at one time Victor Ike was Austin ISD's all time leader, maybe touchdowns. Yes, and in single yards. game performance okay. against my cousin West in Westwood, I remember yeah. that. No, happening. I remember. I remember the hype around Victor Ike, Icky Ike. Yeah, so, so but because of that short so turn, the quick turn drive, around. Tom Herman doesn't have time to do the math, and Greg Davis is Max saying, "Hey, we go one or two, one or two. and Greg Davis is looking at Tom Herman's going one or what two, is, what is, <laughs> and Tom Herman didn't have time to do the math. He froze because he was going to do the math, but then the first play's a touchdown, and he's just froze. The look I've probably given y'all a million times when I don't have the sound, and it's just like uh, you freeze for a second. And instead of throwing Tom Herman under the bus, oh. yeah, Mac, Mac Brown uh, just. Reamed Greg Davis. Greg Davis just said, "Okay, that'll never happen again." Took uh, it. According to Tom Herman, uh, just reamed Greg Davis. So I think that taught Tom Herman a lesson. Hey, you there are there is no time to to sleep in this game. You've always got to be on your toes. You've always got to be forward thinking. You've always got to be thinking one step ahead. That's just me kind of reaching there. But interesting, Rod. You go back and look at that game and. Think about those instances. That's that one game, how that sh- probably shaped. That's Tom Herman's first game experience in big-time college football. Because keep in mind, he played Division three ball. Mm-hmm. He was an assistant coach at Division three Texas uh, Texas Lutheran down in Seguin. Mm-hmm. Now he's a j- graduate assistant at the University of Texas, and this is his first game in the press box. He's right there next to Greg Davis. He freezes when he is asked to ask do for his the only job of the one thing he had to do he froze and he couldn't failed. do it so i just i feel like that's the kind of thing that really teaches you hey man i, I got to be better i can't let that happen again and thing that stood out to me wow. with it also is that he just sitting there understanding the allocation of duties because it's something that we said it seemed like charlie strong maybe wasn't a, a very strong at doing he was a guy that shouldered a lot but then when figuring out the details and how to allocate duties to people maybe wasn't as efficient as he should have been and in this situation it was like even though it didn't work out for him but greg davis and mac brown had the confidence to allocate duties down to a person like him and then just sort of understood that that if one person doesn't do their job, then it can totally screw over the whole team situation, which it did affect them for that play because of just 
one person not Which doing the job, but the also shows the yeah. allocation idea that the trust that they had in somebody like him because he had that deal at least on the front end. So it just at least maybe aligns with his ability to work and manage coaches did, and people. Did they with him. did they go for two? Or did we go for two? Or did no, we they no, he said for, one. They ended up going for one. And okay. they're supposed to go. I guess Chris Stockton made the extra point for what it's Chris worth. Stockton was money in the bank. Yes, he mm. was. Yes, he was. Um, that's interesting. I, I will say this about Tom Herman. He seems to be one of those guys that his plan coming into Texas, you know, we haven't seen him coach a game. We've just seen him coach the offseason. Uh-huh. We've seen him uh, manage a brand. We've seen him grow a brand. We, we have seen him uh, attack the offseason. And what I've noticed about Tom Herman is he's ha- he has to be very deliberate and calculating because he has a plan. Like almost as if he's been preparing for this job for years mm-hmm. or even we, we a decade that, plus. So this guy's got a plan. Even the locker rooms and all that kind of stuff and the upgrades, it seems like he had a plan in place. Charlie didn't have a plan. No. Charlie came in and was like, all right, I'll figure it out as I go. Well, I'm a football coach. And Texas ain't just about being a football exactly. coach, unfortunately. <laughs> now I'm with you. He definitely learns from the mistakes of – his own history, but also the, the coaching history of others. Because his coaching history isn't that long for right. him to have a plan this significant and this detailed about taking over Texas football. And because you look at the, he always talks about the things he's learned from the guys he's been around. Exactly. You know, does it very well. People look at Mac, and, and he yes, has some he, good people around him. Yes, he took a lot from Mac, but. True. You know, Greg Davis was the guy he spent the most time with when he was in Texas, and I think that's probably Tom Herman's biggest mentor. He's even said his offensive mind, really, Greg Davis gave him the foundation. Mm-hmm. I know to some Texas fans that's going to be scary to hear, but when you look at the <laughs> results, like, I'm Tom sorry, Herman's you're dumb if you think because that. Because here's the, here's the thing with Tom Herman. He kind of picks here and there as he goes along. What do you like? What do you not like? And that, Rod, to you, what you said, that goes to the plan. Yep. You know? Okay, I'm at Rice, and I like the way David like Bailiff that. does these certain things. Yeah. You know what? I would maybe do this different. Then when you're with Paul Rhodes at Iowa State, I love the way he does this. Maybe I would do this a little bit different. Then a lot it, – it's funny. I went back and watched – I don't know. I went down one of those YouTube rabbit holes that everybody goes uh, it down. Happens. It happens. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. And I ended up watching ESPN did a kind of a documentary, almost like a hard knocks version on Ohio State, uh, Urban Meyer's first year. Oh, nice. And you watch that. And kind of see what's going on at Texas. The similarities are very, Eerie. very similar yeah. to how Urban Meyer tried to change the culture at Ohio State and what Tom Herman's doing at uh, I can believe it. at Texas. Similarly, how Urban Meyer interacted with Braxton Miller is very similar to how we see Tom Herman handling Shane Show. Like if you watch that, I forget what the name of the series was, but somebody spliced it on YouTube. It's like a, it was a forty-five minute, full forty, like forty-five mm-hmm. minute documentary. If you watch how Urban Meyer views Braxton Miller, you thought Braxton Miller was the worst quarterback in the Big Ten. Like, there's no way this guy's going to play for Ohio State. Yeah. And he ends up being the Big Ten player of the year. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a minute with Shane Bouchelle. But I, I do agree with you, Rod. I think he has a plan. He's had a plan in place. He's been developing that plan. And it's not just to land any job. It was to land this job. Yeah. It's almost like he – he tailored it for the culture of Texas. I think his time at U of H obviously helped that a lot. He spent the majority of his coaching career in the state of Texas in some way, form, or fashion. He cultivated his craft outside the state with Urban Meyer at Ohio State. But I think he's he, – and that's the thing about Charlie Strong that was complained about, and you guys brought it up at Horns 24-7, and I thought it was such a um, – it was such a compelling uh, you know, conversation that – you know. You'll look at that 2018 recruiting class everybody's talking about about Charlie Strong that everybody loves and we all agree could be on point with that 1999 class, the second class from Mac Brown that came in that I was a part of, Chris Sims, Corey Redding, that kind of changed the, 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 changed the trajectory of Texas football. And there are a lot of out-of-state kids on that, in that 2018 mm-hmm. class. And you brought this up and 24-7 has brought it up. And nobody's complaining about it. Nobody's getting on Tom Herman about, you know, the, the out-of-state kids. But when, when Charlie Strong did it in his first or second class, uh, it was something people criticized because that Charlie Strong did not embrace the culture of Texas football necessarily. It did not embrace him. Let me say that, too. It did not embrace him, but he did not embrace it. And there was a clash of cultures there. With Tom Herman, that was not that clash. It was an organic 
kind of meshing that happened between the two coaches. He almost knew how to bring it with Mac Brown at the press conference and the lost dots. Like, yeah, they are Texas football. They're at the heart of it. He's he's kind of embraced the old culture with the new, the BBs back in the box, Mac Brown thing. He's done it very well. All right, guys, we're going to pause right now, but we will talk more Texas-Maryland when we come back. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Walmart Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. All right, guys, we uh, we didn't have a podcast, obviously, over the summer. The whole summer we missed. Was there anything during camp or anything that happened during the offseason that you guys want to cover right now before we get into talking Maryland? Uh-huh. Injuries. That really happened. Should we just discuss injuries yeah. and departures? You know, injuries, though, this is a relatively healthy team. Considering... I was intrigued at least hearing uh, that, uh, what, Kyle Porter would possibly be the lead back if it wasn't mm. for his prior injury. That was something that really stood out to me. Right. So, I mean, you're missing Elijah Rodriguez and Andrew Beck, obviously. Chris Brown <clears> is out. <throat> Eric Cuffey's down, which kind of hurts your depth in secondary. But yep. with guys like John Bonney, Jason Hall, you've got some depth back there you can work with. But – uh, combined with the injuries, injuries, right, haven't, been, haven't taken a huge toll on this team so far in the offseason, but combined injuries with departures. Right. And then you get the But even, con- the, even the departures, though, Rod, mm-hmm. like, okay, let's look at where they got departed. The, the one that really hurts you is Jordan Elliott along the defensive line. Well, O-line, too, you got Be, departures. Well, we'll get to that in a sec, but when you look at the D-line departures, I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. It would be really nice to have Jordan Elliott on this depth chart. It would chart. be. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's where I, it, when you hear Coach say that Texas, uh, your first 22 are good, that. but right behind that is where you get worrisome. So as I think that's a, where these injuries could have allowed you to maybe have that depth starting to develop. As good of yeah. a camp as Charles who had, and as, as much of a surprise as Jamari Chisholm will be, a guy that a JUCO guy that didn't, wasn't here all summer, didn't get here until right before camp started. Or actually, Texas was already in the process of camp when he got here. you got to like where he's at. Taquan Graham has been a really nice surprise as a true freshman. You'd still like to have Jordan Elliott in there. As far as the other departures, Rod, I mean, you lose Eric Fowler. Was he a talented player? Absolutely. Yeah. But you add Gary Johnson to that mix. Mm-hmm. So don't you in some ways maybe upgrade a little bit? Possibly. No, no, I, I not agree. I don't think you could have both. You're that not, a, but you're not any worse off, though. No, no, I agree. Uh-huh. My, my, my point is that, and Matt just brought it up, and even Tom Herman's brought it up, and it's, so it's not something, some great talking point somebody's bringing up out of nowhere now. And Longhorn fans, I think, are pretty, uh, you know, I, I think they're pretty, well, at least they should be educated on the fact that Texas is really talented in the front line. Mm-hmm. Uh, starters on offense and defense. Like, I'm talking about one of the most talented rosters in the country. But when the injuries set in throughout the season, right. which they will. I'm, I'm not All football wood. teams. It's football, which mm-hmm. they will. They are not very deep. And the departures and the injuries, even before they played a game, I think are kind of That's adding where, okay. to the lack of depth. You call it, a, you call it, you call it talented depth is your, yeah. mm-hmm. your term. Yeah. They don't have talented depth. Not at, not at every position. Some positions they do. Wide receiver, well, wide they receiver do. Yeah. Safety, I believe they do. But the Rodriguez injury hurts you because Rodriguez Kills was on him. his way to winning that right tackle job when yeah. he got hurt. That hurts you. The Delance transfer, when Gene Delance decided to transfer to Florida, that doesn't hurt you this year because I don't think Delance was going to help them this year. Where that hurts you, that hurts you in 2018 and 2019. Yeah. That hurts you in the post-Connor Williams era for this offensive line yeah. Yeah. once he's gone, which will be and should be after this year, barring an injury. If he's going to be a top-ten pick, he's got to go. I think it will. Yeah. So, he's gone. I mean, I think real quick, though, on the injury front, I don't know. This has been a big point of contention for some fans because of Tom Herman's reputation at Houston for having physical practices, and we know Urban Meyer likes having physical practices. He did it at Florida. He's done it at mm-hmm. Ohio State. Do you worry that maybe this team gets pushed too hard, or is it just a case, Rod, and I'll leave, I'll yield to you because you've been there, is it just a case of, no, it's football, injuries are going to happen? Yeah, uh, I, I think more – I lean more towards it's football, it's going to happen. When I was with the Detroit Lions, you know, we – a lot of those those West Coast practices, right, where we're in shorts and shells the entire mm-hmm. week and there's no physicality. Even during tour days, a lot of it was shorts and shells. That's kind of the West Coast mentality, the West Coast feel. I got nothing against that. Uh, Detroit wasn't talented enough. 
to have that type of mentality and philosophy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hell, the San Francisco 49ers when Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, Steve Young are there. Yeah, they can do that. They're that talented. But football is still at its core a game of physicality. It's a 60-minute fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? So even though Texas is more talented, I think, than most teams, I think what Tom Herman wants to get down to, he wants to win the core battle of football, which is beating the guy in front of you. Just yeah. being more physical than the guy in front of you. Yeah. And Texas last year, there were times where Texas wasn't the most physical football team on the field. It blew me away, Rod, for him to talk. And he mentioned this last week because I asked him after. I think it was after the third scrimmage, after the last scrimmage over at Whitaker. And, which, by the way, Whitaker now compared to Whitaker when you practiced there. Oh, I can believe it. Totally yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, I can believe it. Yeah. yeah. I think Tom Herman was hoping it would be like, like, a lighter version of Junction. It was not. But, uh, yeah, he said he got out there the first day and told Fernando Lobo, he's like, hey, man, this isn't the same Whitaker I remember back in 99 and 2000. But, uh, no, but I asked him after that third scrimmage, I said, what are you most proud of about the defense? He said, honestly, he's like, they're buying level in running and hitting. And he said, in the spring, when we go full pass, he said, we had guys that would forearm shiver somebody. Yeah. You're like, in push pads. somebody. Yeah. In full pass. He's like, no, like no. They, would, they would let up. It's like, like, dude, we're a full pass. pass. You, you, we tackle. you don't let up. You, you, you make us yell at you for Two, going after somebody other than the quarterback. You make us yell at you for going too hard. Yeah. Stay up. Get off. You know what I mean? Like, so I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that, man. I think that's just well, the Big 12 does that to you, too. Yeah. You, you yeah. kind of fall into this kind of this this false uh kind of this false narrative of the Big Twelve where, whoa, whoa, hey, physical, you gotta be able to run around and cover guys in the Big Twelve. It's like, no, actually a lot of these offenses are power spread offenses. West Virginia, Oklahoma, Baylor, you know what I mean? They spread you out just to run the football. If you can't you can't be physical, you're gonna get whipped at yeah, It's almost that foundation of physicality that's needed just to start to where, yeah, we're gonna come downhill and if y'all aren't gonna stop us, we're gonna do that all day at you. But then yeah. I also have the evolved offense to be able to go on top of it and when you bring up just Herman's teams and talking about this foundation of physicality and then how maybe it has I've heard people talk about coinciding with injuries there at Houston but then it's been the modern world trying to weigh what is exactly most important and of course I think at the front end you have to have that foundation of physicality first because it's not going to matter and that's where a lot of people maybe blur that injuries are necessarily Aligned just with the thudding and really when you look at more of the indicators of injuries it comes to long-term health and more of your personal health and long-term ideas so if you have a player over time that has been uh, the most evolved modern techniques of working your core on the inside on the way out with nutrition to align with it that those things may be able to indicate injuries as well as any other one so now it's more of a science of weighing the foundation of physicality with your health and the all combining factors to really understand that there's that variability of injury and it necessarily isn't binary to one thing or the other it's all of the above and all encompassing no i agree with you. i think this conversation actually kind of leads us to talking about the running back position yeah because chris warren right is almost uh, in the epitome of this conversation. We don't know if Chris Warren is injury prone or if something is actually serious mm-hmm. or what it is. He His talent is immense, but it is the injuries that are kind of holding him back and the, whether he can be durable or not. We, and we've I mean? seen it before. That's like, one yeah. of those con- – I think this conversation, I think if you're talking about Tom Herman mm-hmm. and his philosophy and his mentality as it relates to physical practices, yeah. I think look at that running back position. And that shows you where he aligns. Like – Oh, can't make the cub club in the tub, homeboy. Right. Kyle Porter's my guy. I really think that's kind of what he aligns kind of like me, like old school. Like, if you cannot survive the practices and then be able to get to the game on Saturdays and Sundays, Rod B's an NFL career. It's interesting we talk about the physicality aspect when you talk about the Big 12 because the game I go back to, and this kind of bleeds into, and we'll start talking about Texas and Maryland real quick, but you know, one thing I wanted to mention about the Big 12 when you talk about the physicality aspect is, you know, I look at the postseason, Rod, and I look at, like, these interconference matchups. And Oklahoma State, if they're playing some – you ever notice when Oklahoma State plays either Oklahoma or somebody from the SEC or even the Big 10, they struggle with the physicality aspect? Because I don't think Mike Gundy's built his program necessarily on being, like, a physical program. That's a good point. I think they value different things. Flip side is the game that I remember, and this will kind of bleed into our conversation talking about Texas and Maryland when I talk defense. And people are like, can you have a top 10, top 15 type defense in the Big 12? We'll go back to 2014. TCU was 18th nationally in total yeah. defense. And go back and watch that bowl game they played in the Peach Bowl against Ole Miss. And you tell me who was the more physical football team 
Ole Miss from the mighty SEC or TCU from the Big 12 world. They don't play physical. Or TCU popped Ole Miss in the mouth and did it again and again and again and again. Good point. Got to play by the rules of engagement within the conference. Got to be able to move the football. You got to be able to put points on the board. You got to value things like turnovers and third down defense and red zone defense to to be successful defensively in the yeah. Big 12. But big picture, that's what Tom Herman's looking at with the physicality. It's we're not thinking about we're thinking beyond just winning the Big 12. Exactly. What happens when you get in the playoff and you face an Alabama or an Ohio State yep. or a Clemson? Exactly right. That's when the physicality aspect is going to kick in. And you look at the coaches in this league that have had success doing it, Gary Patterson and Bob Stoops, two of them. That's the reason why Bob Stoops lately has had a really good record in bowl games because Oklahoma's a physical football team. I'm about Snyder all the time. Hell, Snyder, that's what he does. Snyder Snyder seems always the most physical team in the Big 12 year after year. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which again, makes the Charlie Strong thing more frustrating because go back and look at Bob when Bob Stoops struggled. Go back to 2015. Texas was clearly the more physical football team in that game. Even the power spread versus (laughs) Baylor, they showed up. Yeah, Charlie Charlie was an enigma, man. Charlie was an enigma. Charlie's time at Texas will always be an enigma to me. Let's let's talk about this depth chart. Texas and Maryland this weekend. And – Rod, any depth chart surprises? I'll, I'll, I'll if you've seen the depth chart, yeah, you've seen. Yes, the depth I, chart. I've, I've checked it out. I've any surprises? At it. Any thoughts? Um, I, I was surprised. Wide receiver. Well, let's think about wide receiver. It's so damn deep, as you said, Jeff. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's a little, you know, I said nitpicky of me to jump into the wide receiving depth chart because those guys are going to rotate. But I, the final Bronte Foreman so low. That actually did stand out to me a little right? bit. Right? Yeah, seeing him listed that as a third position is, is a microcosm of this offense, of, of this wide receiver depth. Because you look at the two guys in front of him, Lil Jordan Humphrey and Reggie Hempel Maps, both of those guys had great camps. Monster camps. Great from what camps. I heard. Monster. And you think about what Texas asked that slot position to do, and I love the fact that they've got Lil Jordan Humphrey in that He's slot. Little baby Because. Because they're going to ask that slot to be in the backfield a lot, take handoffs, H-back. act as a running back. Yeah. Lil Jordan Humphrey was a running back at South Lake Carroll. That's how he came up, even though he's 6'5". I'm intrigued as hell by Lil Jordan Humphrey in the slot. Yeah, And then I agree with that. what that did with those two guys having great camps, that lets you move Devin Duvernay to that Z receiver position, that field side receiver, which they want that Z to do one thing. You're the guy that blows the top off a of defense. And tell me a better guy who, again, that's got more consistent hands that can blow the top off of defense than Devin Duvernay. Because I think we can all agree, John Burt can be that guy. And Gerard Hurd, because we saw it last year, too. So that's what John Burt just needs to be a guy that's got to hold on to the football when it's thrown to him. Um, And I'm glad I've heard very positive things about John Burt's improvement in the offense, like leading up to game weeks. John Burt's kind of finding himself again, and that guy gets on track. Uh, holy hell, defense yeah. is going to freak out. Seriously. And the same with Colin um, Johnson. Honestly, if you go to the other side of the ball, like Colin Johnson and P.J. Locke are the two guys to Yeah, me they're consistent. I've yeah. heard nothing but consistently good things about those guys. Uh, Gerard Hurd is interesting. I mean, you know how I feel about Gerard Hurd stuff. I mean, I, <laughs> Devin Duvernay at that slot, because I think at Z they can move him, put him in motion a lot, which is what they want to do too. Maybe get some speed sweeps with him and mm-hmm. then put him, like, in motion and put him, like, in the slot sometimes running deep ball with deep seven routes. Well, he's going to have single- safety the way Deshaun Jackson does every single play. And I'm not going to dwell on it because I know it's a long conversation. If Gerard Hurd is not an all-conference wide receiver, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to be pissed off. That would upset me because I truly do believe at one point we could end up testing the depth of quarterback. Well, I'm not going to say so. Yeah. But – on the 40 acres since 2010, when has the backup quarterback not played a role in Texas winning football games in some way, form, or fashion? Go back 2000, to 2010. Young Ever since even, even Tyrone Swoop last year. 2010. The, the backup quarterback's going to play a role. We're just not that damn deep back quarterback. We had a true freshman starting last year, and I love and Shane Bouchelle. And it's so key to success. Most, right? By far the most I key to success. I love Shane Bouchelle. What's everybody's biggest complaint about Shane Bouchelle right now? Oh, he's too slight, and he can't really run the ball like Tom Herman wants him to run the ball. So, okay, if he runs the ball and gets hurt, knock yep. it on wood. Then Sam Melling is your only guy that you're backing up because you lost Matthew Merritt because he did the study guide or whatever the hell he went to go do. And Gerard Hurst out there playing wide receiver. And in your practice, any quarterback or that I know of, not enough quarterback, in a new system with a new quarterback coach, new head coach, all that kind of stuff, and yet you wasted him in wide receiver if he is not all-conference. Okay. 
I'm going to be upset because you could have waited till his senior year to do that like you did Braxton Miller. It's the same situation, and you still chose the wrong path for Gerard Hurd, in my opinion. Well, Sorry. we'll see. Can now, I'm... the one thing that could stand out is maybe we they know more about the capabilities of Hurd at quarterback and gave up on it. Not saying, saying that that's a smart thing you... to do this early, well, but I could see I where you're both coming Ward from. I that about Greg Ward, too. Trust me, I'm from Houston. I remember the reports about Greg Ward before saying, dude, there's no way he can. He, it, it, it was, Gerard Hurd is, it, is considered well, we'll more see. of a sophisticated quarterback prospect than Greg Ward was. Yeah, for true, sure. True or for false? Sure. True. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, my yeah. point is this. He chose deliberately to put Gerard Hurd at wide receiver and said, we're cool mm-hmm. with Shane Bouchelle and Sam Manning at quarterback. And that's fine. You're smarter than me. Decision. You're Mensa. You get paid $5 million a year. I do not. That's why I'm sitting here in the studio talking crap. But, but, Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, but, if something happens at quarterback and that depth is tested, he was wrong. Remember, okay. he was Rod wrong. B if says. anything happens at quarterback, he was wrong. Oh. And if Gerard Hurd doesn't make all conference wide receiver, he was also wrong, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me make these two points. And that was an easy decision to make, in my opinion. Point, it wasn't a tough point number one, I think within these first two games, you will see Gerard Hurd take a snap at quarterback. Yeah, I hope so. Everything I've heard behind the scenes going back to the spring, there's just too much smoke for me to not believe they don't have something in for him. Okay. Okay. So I think they've got something for him. I don't know. Is it five plays? Is it ten plays? I don't know. But I think you'll see Gerard Hurd take a snap at quarterback at some point within these first two games. And, again, I'm a big fan of giving USC something on film where they've got to waste practice time going, okay, like well, they got hurt. What can they do? Blah, blah, blah. We'll like get to that, that as we get to USC prep down the road. The second thing is I was wrong about Gerard Hurd in this instance. There was something – there was a flaw in his game, and you could see it in high school as a quarterback. And I don't know if it was mechanical or what, but he was a, he was, he was a half second slow anticipating reading and i didn't know if it was like a mechanical thing where his release was slow or if he was just late seeing it hmm. i think it's the latter i think it's he's a half second late seeing it and anticipating okay. it and remember what i told you guys when he was getting recruited Gerard hurt was great on the whiteboard you know when brian mm-hmm. harson got him on the whiteboard that was comparing him to tyrone swoops on the whiteboard <laughs> yeah. but i don't think gerard hurt is as good conceptually learning the game as maybe i thought he was yeah and I think that's something that Tom Herman figured out pretty quick or knew ahead of time. I don't think, Rod, he took this job and looked at his quarterback room without exhausting options. Okay, can we move Hurd? Can Hurd physically, like mentally, can he do the job in this offense? Can he be that guy? I think as a as a specialty player, as a boutique player, I don't think he minds having a package for him. To, he's going to have a package if you get down to worst-case scenario and something happens to Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger, Gerard Hurd's going to be the guy that gets you out of a game. Agreed. So they're going to have a package for him, but I think Tom Herman, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he evaluated that move and decided it's best if we just keep him at receiver and use him as a quarterback on either a as-needed or a specialty player basis. And along that same lines, maybe after looking at him and looking at the roster, it's like, well, if he comes in, he's still not going to be better than Bouchelle. So best-case scenario, he is a backup quarterback. So if there is an injury to one then he can be that backup quarterback where you don't have to. To Sam Ellinger. Yeah, exactly. If you lose either, he can be the backup, but he just isn't a guy good enough to be the starter. Who knows, though? When we come back, we're talking more about Tom Herman's press conference and looking at the Longhorns as they get ready for the Maryland Terrapins on Saturday. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel, and as a well-educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Texting after three glasses of Merlot? Unwise. Using new Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. Because Zizol is just as effective at hour 24 as it is at hour 1, relieving your symptoms for a better night's sleep and a more productive day. So for continuous 24-hour allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take new Zizol. Users directed. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? (laughs) You try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. 
Offer ends 9-10-17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 4 25 For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Actually, Maryland, within the last half hour since we started this podcast, has released their depth chart for the Texas game. Pigroom. Tyro Pigroom is going to be the starting quarterback yeah. with Kasim Hill as the backup, a true freshman. Um, so that, their scheme, I think their Kasim Hill is also a dual threat guy. Yes. So their scheme is going to be with a dual threat And Tom Herman, he didn't address it in the Monday press conference. He did on the Big 12 teleconference that they've, they've evaluated some film on him from last year and – I'm not putting words in Tom Herman's mouth, but it sound like it, it, it sounded like the vibe I got was maybe they felt like that package with him last year was pretty limited based on his skill set and what he could do. There's only yeah. certain things they're kind of hamstrung with him in the game. There's certain things he can't do. Obviously, the run yeah. threat is there, but there's certain things. If there are a lot of third and longs versus Maryland, Texas is it, it's going to be a long day for Maryland, and it's yeah. going to be a great day for Texas defense. Um, Tom Herman said they are going to work a lot this week on defending the screen game because they figure that's probably Maryland's best counterpunch. As with as much pressure as Texas brings, as they're going to work on defending the screen game. They do got a, was it Ty Johnson? Uh, between Pig Room, Ty, Ty Johnson, and Lorenzo Harris, and the three of those guys, they combined to average over seven yards of carry last year. They got like I, 7. Yeah, yeah, and I want to say this team tries to survive on explosive plays. Yeah. They have Moyd wide receiver, Ty Johnson at running back, and of course, Pig Room at, at, at quarterback. All those guys, although not reliable down to down within the down, um, in my opinion, they're all they have a ton of explosivity. Like they can, they make big ex, ex, like explosive plays. Yeah, I was yeah. quite surprised. Also, look at, just when you look at Maryland's numbers and projections, and just looking at where the, some of the money's going, and not so good for Texas to cover this week. What blew me out? If we're talking about exact numbers, y'all well, you brought wanna, up you special save these teams for your stats, or you want to? No, we'll do, just do, knock do, them do. out right now okay. because this is insane. Y'all wanted to see the special teams improvement from before Houston to when he got there. Look at this: the year before, ninety-six overall in special teams. If we go from efficiency to kicking games, all almost ranking in the bottom forty of the nation, eighty-seventh, eighty-six. 125th, 96th, literally approved across the board in every single category statistically and drastically going from the 96th ranked special teams unit to the 29th in the nation in 2016, going from 125th in kick return efficiency before he got there to 12th in the nation in two years. Just total turnarounds where you're moving one or two or three standard deviations up compared to before. So if you want an immediate change for Texas, when you add in Michael Dixon, who is the guy that led the nation when you talk about hidden yardage and yardage that you go plus minus it brings me to maryland stats and you look at maryland and what they struggled at and he's along lines what you were saying now there's explosivity on offense but on defense their success rate they just constantly gave up ability to move the chains and if you're going to be giving up texas more plays at home that's a type of situation Mm -hmm. where It'll be up to the Texas defense to keep them within the spread number because this week today it just bounced up two points. I mean, it was down around 16. When I heard that Bouchelle, and you heard Herman say this morning that if he plays well, he's taking all the snaps, Yeah, the Lions moved a full point since then. So a lot of the public wow. knocking home Texas, which scares me to cover it because now almost two-thirds of the public is on the Longhorns. It was down around 60%, though, just two days ago. So everything's trending against Texas if you're betting. Right, we got a couple minutes here, but one matchup I wanted to point out, I mentioned defense as a segue. That, to me, is where this game is going to be. It's either going to be dominated by Texas or it's going to be a lot closer because of the Texas run defense against the Maryland run game. And this was a run defense for Texas two years ago that was not very good. The 2015 run defense gave up an average of 219 yards a game's third worst run defense in school history. The 2016 run defense is in the top 10 of worst run defenses in school history. You gave up, I believe it was 189.8 yards a game. Yeah. Was that right, Matt? I believe so. I got that, that right. stuck in my head. Trust wow. me, these bad numbers are just marinating it's up here crazy. in my brain. Um, but that said, 
Tom Herman mentioned this again on the Big 12 Coaches Teleconference. He trusts Todd Orlando because Todd Orlando prides his defenses on being able to stop the run. Granted, last year he had Ed Oliver. But two years ago he didn't. Two years ago U of H was eighth in the country against the run. Last year they were fourth in the country against the run. So that was a run defense that really got after people. And keep in mind, think about some of the run-based teams you see in the American. You're play, you're facing Navy. Navy. You're facing Temple yeah. with Matt Rule. You're facing you know an SMU. Tulane under Willie Fritz, who has that kind of funky, yeah. you know, wing T style run game, that kind of old school approach that uh, that Tulane has. Sure. So I think that's where this game is going to be won and lost. So if I'm looking right at at the guys that I think need to step up big when you talk about Pona. facing a team that's going to. Hmm. Puna Ford, the two guys that I'm looking at the most, Puna, Puna Ford at the point of attack and Anthony Wheeler. We we talked last middle. year about what kind of a game suits Anthony Wheeler. Maybe a game like K-State, maybe a game like Oklahoma. When you got a game with a dual-threat quarterback, your passing game is going to be limited. You know what they're going to do. This is a game where we've got to see Anthony Wheeler not making tackles four, five, six yards down the field. we got to see Anthony Wheeler making tackles at the line of scrimmage. Tackles for loss. Now, yes. I would say even more importantly, I think you're totally right. I think this game is going to be won on first and second down. Uh, you know what I mean? If, if, if Maryland's able to get to third and short, that's bad news for Texas. Maryland was really bad at success rate offensively, also 104th in the nation, so that would be good for Texas. Exactly. So if Texas can keep them in third and long situations where you have, you know, pig Rome having to pass the, pass the football and they're a little bit more predictable, I think Texas can dominate on defense. And even to that point, you're talking about the running game, stop the running game. And that's the one thing that Maryland's offensive line does well. They're terrible at pass blocking, actually. Right. They're just not a good pass blocking offensive line. But they're, they're actually one of the better run blocking offensive lines in college football. That's what they want to do. They want to run block. And if you get them in manageable down the distance, they would prefer to run the football, control the clock. Mm-hmm. But the central nervous system of Texas defense is going to be huge. You're talking about Puna Ford. I think even the safety play is going to be big because I think you might get some play action, a lot of play action, a lot of misdirection with this Maryland defense. The eyes of the secondary, which is usually talking about the safeties, they can't get lost. They got to have very disciplined eyes in the secondary. So I agree. I agree with you 100. I think that this has come down to basically it's kind of the central nervous system of this defense. I'll say even you know Brandon Jones and Deshaun Elliott have to play really well in this right. game as well in terms of run support. There's two guys. If you're a Texas fan, if you see a lot of these guys, you know it's a good day. If you see a lot of Brecken Hager and Jeffrey McCulloch, because those guys are going to be situational pass rush guys. That means they're passing the football. If that means Texas was able to get a big play for a loss or a short gain on second down, then you could situationally substitute. And that's when Tom Herman's going to plan on letting the pit bulls off the chain on third. Yeah. Orlando ultimately just would like to blitz. Uh, you know, and, and he, he kind of they, they're these kind of weird. Uh, like risk assessment blitzes where he tries to do them in the most kind of conscientious way possible. And that's yeah. kind of what he's, he's going to be. He's going to blitz. So guys going to be left on an island with some of these receivers. And DJ Moore, I believe is his name, yeah. the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He is the big play threat. If they can contain him, I don't see Maryland having better athletes in Texas. I so. think I think this defense, man, sets up really well for a guy like Chris Boyd because a lot of times you're going to be telling that guy, hey, you got no help. You're in. If we blitz, you're in zero coverage. Safety's not helping. He's a replacement defender at the line of scrimmage. So if that guy breaks vertical, it, you got it. it you it's got you. It. It's yeah. you or it's you or at six. Yeah, like Coach Akina say, if you beat, grab his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to football rule hey, changes, there's no other time to take a penalty more so in college than I, against the pros. I wish we had that. more time to get into like Tim Beck's offensive philosophy, but I think next week's going to give us newsflash, people. We're not doing a lot of prep on San Jose State. Because yeah. if it ends up that we end up doing a lot of prep on San Jose State because it's a close game, then we're, we're having news. an entirely different conversation. About I'll put point. this out there. San Jose State isn't much worse than Maryland. Hmm, interesting. Really? Yeah. I figured they were going to be one of the worst teams in, uh, in FBS this year. Looking at uh, some of the scoring differences, I see that game maybe being as close. It's crazy. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, bring up just really quickly. I was surprised to see that Malcolm Roach was with – yeah. Him and Charles Aminahu. Aminahu had a great camp, but they also consider Aminahu a starter. And I think before Roach was injured, he was starting to show them. That. If they were if they were playing a four down front, if they were a four three defense, Aminahu would start. Okay, you'd have two true ends. There you go. We'll but with sure this three four, this multiple front, you don't. You still got the three down and the B backer. But uh, the good thing about the four eyes being interchangeable in this defense is you could have Aminahu and Roach on the field at the same time. Yeah, depending you on if you're Nelson and Aminahu, yeah. Nelson and situational Roach, football. Graham and Roach, Aminahu and Graham, Nelson and Graham. You can mix it up. Chisholm and Roach, I mean, you could do it a number of different ways. And this is where Chisholm helps, too, because Chisholm, not only can he play in, he can play nose. So 
you know, if it's if they're if you're facing eighty snaps and Todd Orlando broke this down, if you're facing eighty snaps, ideally ideally you'd like Puna Ford to take maybe fifty five of those snaps. So damn, I was told math would not be part of the test today. So you're looking for twenty five snaps, right? Yeah, between a deep guy. So you're basically guys. looking between Gerald Wilbon, yeah. Jamari Chisholm, and Chris Daniels. Between those guys, can you get you 25 snaps? I got you. Yeah. No, no, no. You're right about that. Texas hasn't ran a true 3-4 in a while. I mean, they're not a true 3-4, but they consider themselves to be a 3-4. It's a 3-4. It's a multiple defense. But yeah, it's, it's a, a base. It's a base 3-4. But Rhodes can kick out and play some wide nine, play some seven. So Yeah. You're going to see you're gonna see a lot of movement up front. Uh, you're a lot of gonna, pre-snap movement. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're gonna, and you're going to see a lot of stunting. You're going to see a lot of slanting. You're going to see some twists and different different games up front. I like that, man. You know why? It's hell on offensive linemen, man. Because for an offensive line, Rod, you know this. As an offensive lineman, you've got rules on certain plays. Okay, yeah. if he's shaded here, then I go here. Man, when those guys start twisting and stuff, and you got all right, I got first guy on the line of scrimmage. Oh, they're they're running a text on. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, the first guy's over there. I got you. They just it's just messed. Two blitzers at one old lineman, and then have them cross at the last minute or separate at the last minute. Yeah, and go or around. just an all out slant. Yeah, just an all out slant where you yeah. got three. If you're four down, just four guys, boom, slant. Just coming slant down and then forcing old lineman to make yeah. a decision, a quick decision. It's all yeah. those rules all get all jacked up when you start moving around, man. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that on the other side on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalpage. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Allergy sufferers, my name's Nigel, and as a well-educated owl, I know the difference between what's wise and unwise. Texting after three glasses of Merlot? Unwise. Using new Zizol for 24-hour relief of your allergy symptoms? Quite wise. Because Zizol is just as effective at hour 24 as it is at hour 1, relieving your symptoms for a better night's sleep and a more productive day. So for continuous 24-hour allergy relief, don't be unwise. Be wise all. Take new Zizol. Users directed. It's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? (laughs) You try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425.17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Meanderings. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. What doesn't make sense is why don't bikers order in drive throughs more often? Is it because the name drive through feels exclusionary? They should call it drive or ride through. But then I'd need three extra arms to hold my drink and burger and fries. Nah, I'm happy with just two arms. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. 
Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With MetroPCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9-10-17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 4 17 For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity. Theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you save $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Crazy. Gentlemen, we got to make picks, though, right now. Um, oh. Hey, it's a line of scrimmage game. I think Texas is better along both lines of scrimmage. I think you'll see it. I'm not expecting the offense to like blow it out of the water and have a 40-50 point game. I think Texas wins this. Matt, what's the spread right now? It's up to 18 and a half. It's 18 and a half. What? Yeah. That's too much. I think Texas wins this game comfortably. I'll say Texas wins. Let's go. You know what? The last game of the Charlie Strong era was a 31-9 loss to TCU. So I say the first game of the Tom Herman era is a 31-9 Texas win over Maryland. Nice. Yeah, it looks like back to 18 now, so maybe the public coming back around. But I, I, I got to go with the Longhorns, and I think it might be a garbage score for Maryland that ends up having them cover that number barely. But I'm taking a score like 38 Texas, 21 Maryland. Yeah, I guess Texas 18, you said? I guess that's not too much. Look at when Maryland played anybody halfway decent last year. They got curb stomped. Got crushed. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I'll take Texas to win 34-13. to 13. So, yeah, I guess I will take this to cover. Yeah, right 34, inside 13. that number. Yeah, there you go. It's 34-13. My bad. Go Maryland on. lost by three touchdowns in Nebraska last year, Rod. All right. I'll put this out there. These first two games of the season really going to mean a lot because once you hit USC and then you get conference play, I've never seen this with the schedule. We talked about it back in the spring. But how the last eight of the year is just nonstop Nonstop, football. And the last week of the season happens to be a shortened week. So when you normally have a bye, you are now condensing more games than you have weeks for consecutive games. All of October, November, December. I won't say it's like eight games in like – 56 days is crazy. Gentlemen, it is great to be back. We will be back next week. Uh, keep up with us on Twitter. Rod is at Rod Babers. Matt has reactivated the old Longhorn Blitz account, so Matt is at Longhorn Blitz. I am at JeffHow247 when I'm not tweeting about wrestling or whatever. Um, sometimes I tweet about the Longhorns. Um, anyway, you can get us at Horns247.com. Don't forget, get this podcast on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page this week. And with that, it is time for us to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Matt, thank you so much for everything, sir. At 104.9, the horn. Love being a part of this family. And we will see you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.